I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I did want to bring up an article uh, in the CT Mirror. Um, we're hoping to have Anna on talking about it. She wrote an article. Um, Connecticut residents are weighing in on net neutrality, but bots may be too. And so we're hoping to hook up with Anna um, and get her online to talk about uh, her story. Um in the Connecticut, oh, it looks like she is coming in online. That's great. Um, let's see if I can bring her right up. Morning, any of you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So I was just talking about your article on the in the mirror here, and uh, why don't you let people know uh, what's going on here? I mean, you, we, there's a whole net neutrality debate going on, and people are making public comments. And uh, but you're saying maybe not humans are making comments. Yes. Um there's uh, some question as to the authenticity of a lot of the comments. With every uh, agency action, I shouldn't say every, but, you know, m- most agency actions, when mm-hmm. a federal agency is going to change a regulation, they, uh, they are required to have a month, two months, three months uh, for the public to comment mm-hmm. and a place for them to submit their comments, and they're supposed to weigh those opinions mm-hmm. when they issue their final rule. So what <clears throat> the FCC has done is propose a rule to uh, overturn the Obama-era regulation on net neutrality mm-hmm. and opened the, uh, the the period of several months for, for comment. Mm-hmm. And it received millions of comments. Mm-hmm. More than 20 million comments. It's a lot of people chiming in, supposedly. Right. More than 210,000 from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Connecticut's a small state with a limited population. That's, right. that's a good percentage of people, mm-hmm. you know, weighing in on a federal regulation. Yeah. Um, and I started looking at these comments from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found duplicates, and I found people who said they hadn't submitted the comment. Mm. And I noticed that most of them were form letters. Mm-hmm. Um, then I realized the Pew Research Center had done a much more scientific analysis mm-hmm. of the comments, and nationally, not just of Connecticut, yeah. and determined that, whoa, some of these, you know, were were not done by humans, mm-hmm. and uh, many were duplicated. Yep, and many uh, seemed to be from people who didn't didn't submit a comment. 
big I chunks of them. Identities were borrowed. I don't want to say stolen, but definitely borrowed. <laughs> you say stolen, uh, but yeah. So you've got a, a ton of people. Um, I think you said seventy-five thousand comments were submitted at the same second, or something like that. Right, which leads one to believe that you know that this is not you and me reaching out to the FCC right. and saying, hey, this is our view on this, right. that something else is going on. Uh, Schneiderman, the uh, AG for New York, mm-hmm. um, you know, has been very active in this. Mm-hmm. He, he determined what, you know, I kind of sussed out in Connecticut that in New York, many of the people from New York uh, had their identities uh, borrowed or stolen. <laughs> Uh, by people on both... And here's the deal. Mm -hmm. This behavior, although the Pew Center says it's more prevalent amongst those that want to change the rule, Mm -hmm. there are more comments that are questionable for those that want to change the rule. Mm -hmm. I think this behavior was uh, done by both sides. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. So basically... It comes back down to can you what can you trust when it comes to how this process works um, in the whole public comment arena these days? So do do we think that that's going to change the methodology of of communicating with the FCC or any other agency where they can't really take electronic comment? You have to go and use what Jimmy Carter said was the best way to send uh, uh, messages these days: old paper and pencil. I do not know, quite frankly, but it is a huge problem. The public comment system is part of our democracy, Mm -hmm. a way for the public to weigh in on what the federal government proposes to do that affects their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in many cases over the years, believe it or not, I've written stories about issues where the public comments did count. Mm -hmm. The final rule did reflect concerns from the public and also from stakeholders, yeah, um, lobbyists. Right, right. You know, they can weigh in, and sure. they do weigh in. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's a process that's, that's part of our democracy. <laughs> but now with this, I think it's people are scratching their head, and the FCC supposedly is, you know, the most technologically advanced of the agencies. And if this happened at the FCC, what's, you know, what are the other agencies going to – how are they going to protect themselves? Oh, gosh. I mean, you'd think the IRS would be the most technologically advanced. But if you recall, people were able to submit false tax returns um, to get refunds. And yes. the IRS yeah. would send tens of thousands of checks, refunds, back to the same address. Right. You, would, you would think they'd be like, hey, wait a minute. There's probably not 10,000 people at the same address here. But- well, we're in a new age. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, the technology is advanced, I think, faster than than you know some right. of the uh consequences right and even um, the understanding of what net neutrality is is still a little questionable as far as how the public understands it um so they might have to you know the both sides are going to decide on what type of weapons they want to use against each other to falsely send in these these comments so of all these millions of comments what do you think is going to happen are the, is the fcc going to have to now go through manually and uh throw out the ones they think are duplicate? Or are they going to just throw away all of them because so many are artificial? In this issue, this is a little bit of a strange issue where I don't think public comment was going to make any difference Yeah, politically mm-hmm. on this. Uh, you know, I said before that there are times where 
it it can. Right. Made a difference. Yep. But the Federal Communications Commission has five commissioners, mm-hmm. and there's a Republican majority as where where well as a Republican chairman mm-hmm. of that commission, and they will vote this week on the t- December fourteenth. Yep. Um, to repeal the Obama era rules, right? Because that's what the chairman wants, mm-hmm. and he's got the votes. Right. Right. Now, you know, where the comments might come in handy is maybe, you know, sometimes what the the lawmakers like to say, the devil is in the details. Yeah. Maybe when they write that final rule, there may be something that was changed because of an outcry from from a lot of people. Right, some unintended consequence or something. Right, some unintended consequence. But isn't it generally... When you're on these commissions, when uh, whatever party's in control, those bodies are generally going to have the votes by default because of whichever body's in control, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans, right? So For the most part, yes. Yeah. There are, you know, there have been uh, maverick commissioners gotcha. in the past. Gotcha, you gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't cite a, a per, a, a, an instance right now, but I do remember being surprised sometimes by a commission vote gotcha. because somebody doesn't, uh, you know, didn't hew the party line or had some concerns. Right. All right. Well, good. Well, Anna, thank you very much for joining us and talking about this. And uh, obviously those of us who have become bots and don't know it, nothing much we can really do about it. Um, I see that, you know, Jepson's involved and others are going to try to figure out how to maybe make this process a little more real considering what's going on with bots. I mean, We'll have to we'll have to wait and see if they can actually tighten this up. Correct. I I, I think I can predict there will be some kind of um, lawsuit. Ah, mm, fun. Okay, get the lawyers I think involved. There will be a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, after the FCC commission uh, makes its decision, gotcha. and you know it will be based on questionable, you know, this questionable uh, process. Right. Okay. Um, but that's all I can really predict. Sounds good. Well, we'll see what happens. I do thank you for joining us, Anna. Thanks for having me. All right. If you guys want to check out Anna's article, it's on the mirror. We'll put a link uh, to it. You can read more about um, this issue and any other things that Anna has written. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, net neutrality. It's a very interesting mess uh, that's out there. And uh, I think I've tried to explain my opinion on net neutrality. I gave you the example this morning of Amazon and Google fighting it out on their devices uh, where Google is saying to Amazon, hey, I'm taking YouTube off your device. Net neutrality's arguments are the same thing. They're worried, and I've heard this even on this station where folks come on and say, hey, my little YouTube channel is going to get blocked by Comcast or make it, or they're going to slow it down. Um, and so <sighs> my, my opinion on net neutrality is this. I am not a fan of these big broadband companies, period. You know that if you listen to this program. However, I do think they do need the ability to manage their own networks. And we shouldn't be uh, afraid of basically their ability to manage their networks. Now, if they do end up throttling Netflix or they're fighting with Google or Apple, I say let them do it. Because then Google or Apple will innovate right past them. If you, and my opinion is, if you let net neutrality stay um, where they are not allowed to manage the network, then you're not going to give them a reason to fight with each other. 
I want them to fight. That's the market. If we don't give them a reason to fight, and we're so afraid of them, you know, throttling your Netflix, um, I think we're going to end up with more of the problem of a heavily regulated internet that produces a poorer result. Um, the way I look at net neutrality, I try to explain it with analogies, so folks kind of understand. And I was trying to explain it to Joey a little bit. Uh, there, if you think of the highway, eighty-four. That is a 60 fit, 65 megabit internet connection. Let's call it Comcast. 65 megabits. I could go 65 miles an hour on that highway, right? Not at, not at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I can't. I'm going one megabit. I'm sitting there in traffic, not going anywhere, because that network, that 84 through Hartford, has no fast lane, right? Now, if somebody put a fast lane in and charged me extra... Would I pay? Heck yeah. So if they put an extra fast lane in there for me to go 65, while the rest of everybody else sits in the slow lane, oh, it's called, what is it? HOV, right? They do that already on certain lanes. So for some reason, the idea of moving a packet on a highway, we seem to understand. But you're saying you don't want that to happen on the internet. Again, just using the general idea of the fact that you need to be able to move packets at different speeds and maybe charge for that, allows for the innovation of the network rather than saying all packets are traded, treat, created equally, you're all going at 10. You'll be happy you're all at 10. I can get my refrigerator, I can get my refrigerator delivered for the same price as that envelope. Right, yeah, same idea, right? Same problem with packet delivery. So net neutrality is a mess. It sounds so warm and fuzzy. I would contend that we want to allow networks to manage their network. Don't be afraid, guys. Let them fight it out. If they fight it out, they'll come up with different models to sell you higher connection speeds and sell you different services to hopefully get you what you want. But telling them they can't manage their network, I don't think generally will improve the network for us like we want. But well, that's just I think me. what would happen is what happened with AT&T and the phones. Mm-hmm. They didn't improve their phones for 50 years. And once they deregulated them, we got cell phones, we got all sorts of stuff going on and... Uh, this cable companies got into the cell phone business or right. into the phone business, and right. we're paying less money, and we're getting a lot better service. Right, and we so, have variety. Right, that's my opinion. And we'll see what happens. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get to your calls. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. Let's get right to your calls, and we're going to go to uh, Jim in West Hartford next morning. Jim, hi. How you guys doing? Doing fine. How are you? Good. Uh. My question is with the cell phones, uh-huh. um, uh, particularly the Android that have the SD cards in the back. Yeah. What content, or let me be more specific, can you put videos like from YouTube on those cards? Uh, videos from YouTube? I'm not sure you yeah. can download the videos off of YouTube. I've, I've never tried that. but. Well, uh, I mean, you can download them into your history. Sure. It's still on YouTube. Yeah, it's still on YouTube. So they wouldn't sit on the card then. You okay. you would put like you could put pictures there, music. Uh, how about how about like games? Uh, yes, you can choose to have games installed on the removable card rather than local memory. Yes, you can. Yeah, the SD card is a storage device. It's like similar to other devices. My son uses SD cards in his fo- in his uh, f- f- uh, movie cameras. Yeah, yeah, but this is, is on his cell phone. Right, but I'm yeah. just saying the card is just a storage device. Right. So you can store whatever you want on the card. Now, whether mm-hmm. or not the phone will allow you to store some of this is uh, 
it yeah. depends on their different models. So there, there could be some controls over where you can put certain things. Okay. But uh, generally, you could put your music and stuff there. Your pictures can go there. And yes, you can install programs uh, when you download them from the Play Store. You, I think Hold you can on. choose. I think you can choose to put them on the uh, card. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you. You got it, sir. Thank you. All right. Yeah, those things are amazing. SD cards. So that's the beauty of Android. Uh, they let you buy some storage if you like, and you can use it where you like, rather than Apple saying, no storage for you. Let's go on to uh, our resident groupie. Hey, Danny, what's up? Hey, I heard you talking about the routers and modems. Yeah. And I just realized my wife's only got one piece of equipment on her desk. It's a Netgear router. Yep. Uh, ADSL2+. Plus. Yep. So that's a modem router together, it sounds like. Oh, it is? Okay. Yep. Yep, yep. You're and we bought it at the AT&T store. We own it. You're definitely uh, all set then. You've got oh. a combination unit. All right. Hey, listen, talking about destroying hard drives and stuff. Yeah. You know, Mr. Robot, he um, he drills them and he throws everything in the microwave, too. What? Who's Mr. Robot? Who's Mr. Robot? I don't want... Oh, my God. I guess I gotta watch it, Danny. Huh? That's a show on USA. It's on. It's in the third season. All right. I'll, I'll, is it on Netflix? Can I can I catch up? Oh sure. All right. I'll do it. All right. And Tuesday, SpaceX is launching a previously used rocket and a previously used supply capsule to the space station. What's going up on that thing? Uh, just routine supplies. But they've flown the rocket before once. Neat. And they've flown the capsule before up to the space station, so this is the first time they've realized the actual reusability of both the rocket and the capsule to the space station. All right. Well, good luck to them. That's great. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Danny. All right. SpaceX is doing their thing. Let's go on to Chris quickly on the cell here. We might have to get your question in and answer it uh, after the break. What's going on, Chris? Um, first of all, I applaud your... Uh, vision on net neutrality. Oh, thanks. It absolutely should be open to the market. But um, going back to the conversation that you had with the gentleman up out of his wireless HP printer. Yes, sir. I have a Bose SoundTouch system um, that I, I had hooked up on my Lenovo laptop. Yeah. And it suddenly will see the wave radio but it won't see the speaker in another room. Okay. So I so I hooked it up correctly and went through everything, and it comes back and it tells me that it's being um, blocked by Windows Defender firewall. Oh, you're kidding! I went in, I went into Windows Defender. Yep. And I I can't find uh, how to how to allow it. Okay. Let's do a little research then, and uh, we'll put you on hold and see if we can find a way to uh, get that Bose to connect through the firewall, okay? All right. All right, so hang on. We'll put you on hold. we got to go to a break, and uh, okay. we'll, get, we'll, we'll try to answer Chris, Chris's, Chris's question. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Um, and yours. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Dominic, Mark, hang on. One line open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk, and we were on with Chris, who couldn't get his speaker to work. You there, Chris, still? Yes, I am. All right, so we did do some research on this, 
This is a is this a saw a sound touch? Yes, sound touch. So it looks like there are plenty of folks out there with this problem. Um, now it's not a Bluetooth speaker, right? You're connecting it through a network connection, correct? Yes, it's okay. a Wi-Fi speaker. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and, it, and it works fine through the app on my Android phone. Works fine. So it's yeah, it's a laptop. It's Windows. Yeah, it's it's a security issue where that they're trying to deal. They they think it's a it's some sort of threat. Um, there is a link that we can put up here for you from SoundTouch talking about the ports that you got to deal with to try to allow the communication to occur. Are you in a VPN when you're working no. on your – you're not, okay. Um, but it is definitely a security – it's a security issue. SoundTouch – this is coming from them saying, hey, you know, SoundTouch is it's designed for home and not compatible with enterprise. Do you have a pro operating system on your computer? Is it? Uh, yeah, I believe I do. Yeah. So there is a difference between the pro and the um, home, um, and it does generally have to do with security and authentication and all that. So SoundTouch has some things you can you can try that we're going to put a link up here for you. Too much to get into detail here on the air, but um, you can look yeah. at some ports and allow it through your firewall, and hopefully that straightens it out. Um, but unfortunately... It is definitely a security threat. Your speaker is a threat. <laughs> and, and, At least I know I'm not losing my mind. No, but the funny thing is, I mean, it's the year twenty. It's the year twenty seventeen. I mean, we had this stuff figured out, man. When I went, when I wanted to plug a speaker in at home, I would just use what eight ohm wire. Yes. You have to now. You're 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 connecting your speaker to NASA to get your music right. You're streaming it over the cloud back to your house. You you paid for it once. You're running the bandwidth, and the speaker doesn't work. <laughs> well, what's interesting is I've had this laptop for probably six, eight months. Yep. And it's worked fine. An update changed, and, most likely. Right. Something in an update, either from them or from uh, Microsoft, and all of a sudden it will not recognize it. Yeah, it's like we've, we've, we've. It's a Rube. Was it Rube Goldfarb? Is that what it's called? Um, Goldberg. Goldberg. It's a Rube Goldberg yeah. approach to getting sound. Yeah, those contraptions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you're, it's the fact that you and I are talking, it just blows my mind. And we're supposed to be making progress here, but, um, so I think you have to look at the security, open the ports, and the moment you fix this, Microsoft could update it again. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna win. What? I said, forever the optimist. Yeah, well, no, it's true though. Sadly, because <laughs> uh, it, it's it's the the software is all gonna, is all fluid. So you're gonna fix it today, and it could be broken tomorrow. But at least you'll know what to look for when you can't get sound out of your speaker. Yes. <laughs> all right, Chris. Uh, I will go to the site. It, it's all right. You on got the computer talk with tab site. Yeah, computertalkwithtab.com, or you can like us on Facebook at Tab Computer Systems, or follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Systems. It'll go to your newsfeed either way. Okay. All right, Chris. All right. Hey, thanks for your help. You got it. It's odd. I mean, it's amazing that we can't get sound these days out of the most simplest of things due to a security issue. Yet Equifax hands out all of our data on the internet. <laughs> I mean, I, this, the irony is crazy. Let's go on to Dominic in West Hartford. Hey, Dominic. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. um, recently, 
I received an email from AT&T Yahoo yeah. saying that as of June 30 next year, mm -hmm. I will not be able to access my uh, AT&T.net email oh, boy. through Yahoo. Is this a spam or is this factual? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Um it, you you basically never can trust any email coming to you from anybody at any time. So don't click on any links in there that are asking you to reset up or confirm your login or anything. Right. Um, what you'll have to do is log into your service as you normally do and see if there are any notifications within the uh, header or contact them directly. It could be true. Um, the cloud is constantly offering stuff and then taking them away all the time. So it, it very well could be true, but you cannot trust the email that came through. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, because it does say customers will have to update their email addresses mm -hmm. to something with a different domain, and then it's got highlighted update to click on, which I obviously have not done. Yeah, do not do that ever. You cannot trust that to be legal or real or anything. Okay, well, thank you for your help. You got it, Dominic. Have you had anybody else call you about this? This is not an uncommon thing. We do hear things like this when, when folks in the cloud decide to change services. They just cancel the services or tell you, hey, you can't use SPC Global anymore or SNET.net, which should have been turned off a decade ago. Um, so believe it or not, you get these notifications. So this is very well could be true. It doesn't matter, though. They should never have put a link in there for you to do anything because you shouldn't be going there because you can't trust it to be, to be coming from them. Well, so. thank you very much. I appreciate your help. You're welcome, Dominic. Bye. I do want to bring something up quickly, though, before we go to the next callers or even the break. I saw this on one of the TV stations, and they were talking about how to protect yourself from phishing scams. And they were saying that if you see a little lock with the word secure on the website, they were saying that is a way to be sure you're safe. It is not. Okay? All that means... When it's a lock and secure, is it means that the website is encrypted. For your information, the bad guys can create a website that looks like your bank, that looks like PayPal, that looks like Discover, and get a free encryption SSL certificate for free because these do-gooders out there from suchandsuchsslcert.com want to act like they're helping us by offering free certificates. But, of course, the bad guys will, of course, use that. And you'll go to your phishing scheme that says, make sure you check on your Discover card or your bank, yada, yada. And because it's a green secure, you're going to assume it's secure. They really need to change that to be encrypted. I could still be a bad guy. So just because it's green and says secure, it doesn't mean you're on the right spot. So if you get an email, let's say our last caller, Dominic, got an email from his bank with some sort of trick and the link inside there, he could have clicked on it. It would have said possibly said secure. It would have looked like his bank. Do not trust those emails coming through. Just because they are secure doesn't mean the bad guys didn't either use a free service or even pay. Right? If I'm a bad guy, it doesn't cost that much for to pay for an SSL certificate. It, um, the good thing about using secure websites, if they are legitimate websites, is that if you're in any kind of Wi-Fi environment that's public and you have to put in any kind of confidential information like your username or password or your social security number or anything like that, it'll be transmitted securely, meaning it'll be transmitted encrypted. But the bad guys can make encrypted sites as well. 
So don't assume that that is a safe way to go. Krebs on Security has an awesome article about this that I'm going to post for you. Um, so I saw in the recent news media, they were saying, make sure you look for the little green lock. No, <laughs> it's a start, but you can't assume that they're not um, uh, bad guys. The bad guys can buy lock sites too or get them for free. All right, well, but I'm going to put a link up there for that. Please read it. Krebs does a great job explaining things in very simple ways, and uh, it's a great article. And I'm um, going to take a quick break, get to your calls. Ed, Jim, and Mark, hang on. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk, and we're here till 11 o'clock. I want to thank you guys for calling us on this lovely Saturday morning, a little snow in the air. And uh, let's go to Mark in Cromwell, who's been on the longest. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, my favorite uh, radio talk show in the world here. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you guys do a great job. Um, I'll just say, just quickly before I ask my question, you had an earlier caller asked about the the modem uh, router thing. Yeah. And, and they are available. I had one from Best Buy, and I'm on Com- Comcast. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I use Neris. It's great. Uh, but my question is, somebody told me about these three programs, Cody, Montrobe, and Terrarium TV. Oh, boy. Are those legal or not legal? Well, the program's existence is probably legal, but what they do technically is uh, illegal. It so, is. Yeah, you're getting content from some other host that's making it available illegally. I see. So, Cody, all those guys, people are getting you know access to pay channels and access to movies and access to content. You're you're literally playing with the dark web when you're connected to that stuff. So, uh, it's a very reminiscent of Napster or any of the other things that or you know. The dark, the dark web, yeah. their, their claim is that it's legal as long as you're not downloading any information that's just being streamed. It's okay. Well, so what they're trying to say is, you know, you're just a friend to whoever is <clears throat> offering you this. You know, they're sharing it with you. You're kind of looking in on their paid content as a, some sort of a buddy or something like that. But you're, it's completely illegal. Well, if you read the the uh, copyright at the end of the movie, it's telling you that, you know, you got to pay for it. If mm-hmm. the movie is still in the theaters... And you can get it on the internet. The source is illegal. Yeah. I see. Okay. And well, what about the VPN thing, though? They're saying use it with a VPN. What does that do for? So you? what that would do, it would help to try to anonymize you, mm-hmm. so that you could view stuff encrypted. Harder for folks that are trying to catch you to find you because you're using an encrypted VPN. Now I'll tell you this: any computer crime of any kind is the dumbest computer crime you can do. Mm-hmm. Because you are logged, traced. They have plenty of time to find out your IP address. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they're not going to go and cap- catch you specifically, Mark. They're going to go yeah. and hit the, the the offerer of this, and they'll figure out who was connected to it. I mean, there are examples of Napster and folks who were offering all sorts of stuff where these poor kids were hit with, like, multi-hundreds of thousands of dollars in no, oh, I remember that, yeah. yeah this is the, in those days, yeah. Yeah, this is the exact same thing. So uh-huh. stay away from it. You're not... You're not playing in a nice sandbox with these people because you're having to connect to the dark web. I see. All right. So okay. don't don't do it, Mark. Okay. <laughs> thanks for the warning. All right. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Right. Bye bye. Yep. Bye bye now. Any of those any of those apps? You can't trust any of them. They're doing bad things to begin with, technically, by giving you access to pay content. Again, we're not the we're not big lovers of MGM or Fox or these guys, but they. They put out the product. You should pay for it. And I can guarantee you, you don't get anything in life for free. Someone eventually will catch you. Well, if the people who produce the movies right. 
And, you know, there's more than the people on the screen. There are the people that are behind the camera. Right. You know, if, if you get it for free, they're not getting paid. Right. And then they'll charge us all more for well, they, tickets. Well, they, they won't be able to make more movies. Right. Yeah, so it's the whole the whole concept of it. So be careful. Don't play in the dark web. It's not a good place to play. Um, let's go on to Ed in North Haven. Hey, Ed. Hey, good morning. Morning. I think I have a fairly easy question for you. Uh-oh. Uh, I've been using Mozilla and Yahoo. Okay. And um, I have a cache that's accumulated pages and pages and a lot of redundancy in there. Right. Every, every time I go into CBS or uh, uh, NBC and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a bang there. And um, I'd like to clear that out. Yeah. And, uh, recently, I, when uh, Matt Blower got uh, thrown off the air there, I was on NBC. Yeah. And and the search box that I went into, NBC, is locked on there. So I have to clear that out every time I want to use Yahoo. Okay. Uh, so uh, I hope you can publish that on your old site. I'm not... Uh, yeah, computertalkwithtab.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still in kindergarten here. You know, I don't use uh, the other two sites that you mentioned. No, no, of course. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll put it up on the old-fashioned site there. Um, usually, it's easy to clear your cache in Firefox. And by the way, I've actually shifted my thinking. I used to, we were recommending Chrome all the time. Firefox's new quantum browser is wicked fast. So uh, check it out. Um, I went over to it, and it is monstrously fast compared to Chrome now. So okay. so you should update your Mozilla to the latest quantum. You just go to the help and about, and it'll update. And my goodness, it is amazing. Uh, but we'll put a link into how to clear your cache in Mozilla, and um, that's a good thing to do as well. Well, I'm not a typist. I'm a hunt and peck yeah. on keyboard and so forth. So, uh, you know, the computer's a lot faster than I will ever be. Okay. The demand, demand of it. Yep. So yep. What? I understand. But, okay, good. I'll be looking for it then. All right, Ed. Hey, thanks very much. Our pleasure. Good good show. Thank you you very much. All right, guys, I do want to thank all of you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Dr. Alessi's up next. He's in the green room. He'll get ready to give you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. And then we're probably looking at garden talk and law talk. And I see the men are taking on uh, Coppin State today at 1.30. So stick around, WTIC. Drive safely out there. Get all your bread and milk before it's all gone. And we will see you next week. All right. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 